Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Hey everyone, so glad you could join us today. Wasn't that awesome worship? I don't know if you noticed, but this was an awesome combined team today. North Campus, South Campus worshiping together, and they're just so awesome. Every week they pour out with their talents and they bless us. I hope you enjoyed that worship. And speaking of collaboration, we are continuing with that spirit today. Uh, I'm Pastor Sam. I lead the South Campus of Lighthouse Church. and I'm very excited to be joined today for this very special Father's Day edition of our worship experience by Pastor Josh, who leads our North County Campus, and also by Salabino, who is part of our finance team and a master interviewer. So we're doing something different today. We thought rather than a traditional sort of Father's Day sermon, we thought we'd have a little conversation and just provide a bit of our perspectives on being fathers and, and maybe along the way provide some, uh, something from our heart that can bless your life and uh, we can all try to learn in this journey together. So I'm going to turn it over to Salah, who's going to be our interviewer today. And I hope this blesses you as we uh, share our hearts about what it means to, to be fathers in this day and age. Well, thank you both for letting me do this. This is a cool opportunity, a real good honor. And so um, I'm going to jump right into it. But before I do, I kind of just want to remind us and acknowledge our audience, which is fathers, of course. Uh, They're single mothers. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. And then I just want to acknowledge fathers who, for whatever reason, aren't getting the opportunity to be dad uh, this year around. I think it's really important that you know that your father loves you a ton, your heavenly father. God the Father loves you a ton. And we acknowledge you, even if you're not in a season, a moment where you get to father today. Um... These two men are fathers, uh, very uh, different in some ways. And so before we get started, um, who are you and who is your family? Maybe you can introduce us to your family, each of you. Yes, my uh, family, uh, my wife and I have been married, Angie and I have been married for 22 years. Uh, It's been an awesome, awesome journey. We'll be 23 this year. And uh, we decided when we got married that we would enjoy and travel and not be Uh, tied down, you know, and so we did that, but now that we're getting older, we're paying for that awesome decision, (laughs) and uh, we're blessed to have uh, 15-year-old girls, two two daughters that are are amazing, and that's our, that's the the nucleus of our, of our family. All right, two girls. Uh, Pastor Josh, who's your family? Tell us a little bit. So I've been married for 15 years, 16 years now, apologies, 16 years now, just celebrated my 16th wedding anniversary to my wife, Joanna, and God has blessed us with three little boys. I've got a four-year-old named Jackson. He's our spicy guy. Our middle guy and our athlete is Jude, who's six. And our oldest son is Jaden, who's definitely our, our engineer and, and creative of the bunch. So that's our family. So three boys, two girls, opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about raising boys. Before I do, I want to just make the point that... Um, you know, every father could sit here and teach us all something for sure about being a father, right? Every experience is unique. But hopefully today, fathers walk away learning a little bit, um, not just about the family, but really walking away with something that they can use. It's, it's some con- consequential in some way, right? 
So raising boys, what's unique about raising boys? Um, and then how do you do that when you have to multiply it times three? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. So um, what's kind of unique about my situation is I don't have any sisters. So growing up, I had a, a house full of brothers, and so therefore it was a house full of boys as well. And my mom was the queen of the castle, and that was it. So for me, it feels very normal. I'm used to this. But I tell you, for Joanna, when she started seeing some of my boys' behavior, just three little testosterone-filled guys running around, um, she was a little scared. And I'm having to remind her, no, this is normal. This is boys. And, and yes, they jump off of furniture. And, and yes, they do things that no sensible person should be doing, but they're just adventurous. And, um, and um, I, I, I see that as very normal, um, but it is, you know, a, a unique situation having nothing but boys in the house, but it's been great. And um, it's got, it, it's, it's upsides, uh, I think far outweigh any sort of downside. Did we want the princess? Sure. But, but this is what God gave us. And we're really happy raising our three boys. So girls, girls are also unique. What's unique? What have you found unique about raising girls? And then how do you do that with two who are twins? You know, it's interesting. I, um, I grew up in a big family uh, with boys and girls, but I, I never really um, thought I would have daughters. I always knew I would have sons. <laughs> I was convinced, and I remember when uh, my found out my wife was pregnant and some months after that, the doctor said, uh, oh, and they, you know, they scan, and, and they're like, oh, you have a girl. I'm like, check again. Uh, that's not in the plan. And he's like, uh, no. He goes, oh, you have girls. I'm like, what did you say? So not one girl, but two girls at the same time. So I never envisioned myself going to recitals and, you know, <laughs> some of the things. Uh, and, and my girls are girls. They're, they're, they're girly, you know, and... and uh, they, they do some, we tried all the sports, but they, you know, they didn't really catch on to anything, but they, they love, you know, piano and things like that. But it's been, uh, interestingly enough, I feel like it, it helped to complete me a bit. Uh, there were pieces of me that were missing, and there was uh, just a, a more attentive, sort of sensitive side uh, that I honestly hadn't developed in 30-some years that all of a sudden kind of had to kick in. And uh, not to be stereotypical, but it, it, it was something that I had never thought about, thought I needed, and I didn't realize I didn't have. Mm. And so uh, I, I did, you know, you hear the, the phrase of, of girls sort of being daddy's girls, and, and uh, it definitely is true in our house. And it's, it's a very different kind of relationship um, that has, as I said, it, it, I feel like it's, it's completed me as a person. Like there was something missing there that, that God has used them to kind of complete in me. So they won't ever be leaving the house is what you're saying? No. They, no, they, 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 they are there for good. Okay. <laughs> um, would you be so bold as to memorialize a, something funny that has happened in the household with your girls that will probably keep you laughing over the next 5, 10, 15 years? Well, I hope it keeps me laughing, but none of you guys laughing, uh, because uh, they, you know, they're 15, and uh, they're really into TikToks. And so they got all these dances, and you know, sometimes we're driving in the car, and uh, being that I'm not 20 anymore, uh, I often think like, oh my God, they're having a convulsion. Like, <laughs> like they're having a seat, like something's wrong. Because you know, out of nowhere, they're just like, 
start doing things. I'm like, what, what are you doing? He's like, oh, it's a dance. It's a TikTok. I'm like, oh, I thought you were sick. Uh, so there's some funny TikToks that they've uh, lured me and Angie into that I pray to God will never see the light of day. But we laugh doing them and we laugh more watching them. And then I pray that you'll never get to see any of them. <laughs> $100 to the man or woman who finds me one of those and sends it we to me. It. And it applies to you too, girls. I mean, if you, if you, <laughs> if you want to rat out dad. Um, uh, okay, so boys, uh, tell me something funny. Keep us laughing. Tell us something that's going to be, you know, they're not going to like that you said it in well, 10 years, but it's on there now. Yeah, well, it's too, they're too little to know any different, but I'm going to give you a recent one, and and um, quarantine during this time that we've been going through, it's kind of hazy for the kids, and and um, in terms of what day of the week is it, right? Some of us as adults can't remember what day of the week it is and while we're in quarantine, but um, so what happened last week, which which my wife and I continue to laugh at, is we kept telling Jackson, who has to go to daycare, and, and he's, he's a little jealous that his brothers are on summer break, and we're still making him go to daycare for our own sanity. And, um, but we promised him um, tomorrow, and this is on Tuesday, we said, tomorrow you're not going to go to daycare. They had a, a pool day plan with some friends. And so we kept telling him, tomorrow, we're, tomorrow you're not going to go, tomorrow you're not going to go, tomorrow you're not going to go. And that was the only way we can get him to go to the to daycare because he did not want to go. He was adamant. He, he stomps his little foot. He goes, I don't want to go to daycare. Um, so anyway, Wednesday morning, he wakes up and he runs into the room and, and, and he just made my wife and I laugh. He says, dad, is today tomorrow? <laughs> and we just got, we we're just laughing so much. We're like, yes, son, today is tomorrow. You can keep saying that. That's, you, you can just keep using that. Yeah, I, but I just, you know, that, 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 that innocence and that, that little childlike wisdom, if you right, will. Right. He was holding me to his, oh, Dad, is today tomorrow? Yes, Jackson, today's tomorrow. That's deep. <laughs> it is deep. Yes. That, there's a sermon in there, I think, somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's stay in the vein of boys and girls because they're obviously very different, and we have two people who are developing experts in front of us. Um, uh, so, okay, so let's talk about um, challenges and opportunities um, undoubtedly, especially as we talk about, um, hopefully, again, making the conversation consequential for the, for the audience, there are opportunities in today's world that girls are uniquely, uniquely suited for. Um, there are challenges of today's world that girls are facing that uh, maybe boys don't just quite have to face that yet. Um, can you talk a little bit, Pastor Sam, about maybe some of those opportunities that you're seeing for girls today that maybe fathers really need to be looking at and trying to push? And then some of the challenges that they face today. Are, are the challenges different? I mean, I, I guess I'll add on to that. Are the challenges really different today for girls, or are they just um, are they the same old thing repeated throughout history? Yeah, you know, on the one hand, uh, it is a blessing to be in this season, uh, in this era, where all things are possible. Uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, for me growing up, even being the baby of 10, uh, all my brothers went to college because that's what boys did. Uh, but my sisters were not expected to do that. That wasn't what you did, especially in church, church families. I mean, that was like education was not a good thing back then. Uh, and so today, uh, just so awesome that, that a lot of those barriers are gone and literally my girls can be anything they want to do. And so while we keep talking about, you know, this, this part of our statement as a church, right, that, that, that they could fulfill their potential, they can maximize their gifts. And, and so our, our pouring into them 
is, is to remind them that, that everything is possible. With, with hard work, with dedication, and with God's favor and, and grace, you honor God, God will bless you. And, and, and there's nothing you cannot do. There's nothing that's out of reach. And so it's, it feels great to not just say that, but to know it's true. Yeah. Like, I'm not just telling you a story. Like, this can happen. And, and so I think that's a beautiful opportunity to, to, to be able to say that with a heart where you know it's true. And then on the, on the flip side, the challenge is, you know, my wife does an amazing job of, uh, she, she always, since they were little, little, she would tell them, you are little ladies. You are, a li I want you to be a little lady. And um, I think we're, we're, we're in a season with all its opportunities, also where a lot of lines are blurred. And all of a sudden, um, you know, guys, girls, boys, girls, you know, like there's my, my wife's trying to teach them to have certain manners and, and how they carry themselves you, to the way they talk, to the way they dress, to the way they, just the way they, they portray themselves and, and having an element of, of, of class that just seems to be so outdated and so out of step. And so it's, it's that tension that we're feeling that as parents, we want them to, to be wholesome and we want them to be classy and we want them to be, uh, you know, have etiquette and, and so many of those things just seem to no longer be in season. And so it's, it's a bit of a challenge of, of how do you um, keep our girls to be with the times and to fit in, yet not lose things that we think are important. And so it's, it's that constant tension of, of uh, how they are to be and, and, and also recognizing that they have their own personality. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we don't get to control. I mean, we used to dress them alike until they were like eight and then they rebelled and uh, they started picking their own clothes. And so as parents, there's also a piece, you know, we're in that season where it's tension. You know, it's, it's how much do you let go? It's like they're 15, but they're still my babies, but they're not babies anymore. And so it, it is, it is a, an interesting season where tons of opportunities, lots of open doors. By the same token, a lot of challenges, and especially trying to raise kids in a, in a Christian, Bible-based, God-fearing way that just seems to be so outdated by today's standards that, that uh, we're, we're trying to navigate through. Are you, are you having that conversation with them and saying, look, this is the challenge that we're facing and we're trying to navigate this and having the conversation or is it just kind of a one-way monologue where you're just trying to teach them hoping that they won't see that the, the other stuff is there is this is this a two-way thing that you guys are navigating together you feel like you're teaching preaching you know dictating it, it's <laughs> not literally but you know to some degree hey uh, they talk to you <laughs> you know we're realizing that, that that's a great question because i i did notice in just like in the last year that I'm talking a lot, and, and, uh, and you know that uh, you'll get there soon yeah. when you get the, the eye roll of, like, another life lesson, Dad. Uh -huh. I'm, like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm dropping nuggets. I mean, like, I'm dropping gold, you know. I'm like, I got, like, insight from heaven, and I'm giving you pearls of wisdom. And all I get is a roll of the eye, like, really, Dad, again, another life lesson. Uh, you know, and so it's like I realize that I need to hear more and listen more. To them but you know we had a, an interesting conversation uh, just like a few weeks ago in the car and uh, something in the radio was said uh, something that had happened long story short uh, I, I took it as a moment to say look this is why God matters this is why the Bible matters because truth is so relative yeah. and so unless you're anchored to something that doesn't move 
you don't know what truth is. You don't know what's true or not or good or bad. And so they're like, you know, and it kind of made them, it's kind of cool to have like adult conversations now. Like, like they, they get it. I'm like, see, that's the problem. When you don't have a moral compass, when you don't have something you're anchored to, you're easily, you know, just swayed away. And so they're like, yeah, you're, so, so I'm finding myself no longer just preaching a lot but more like having a conversation. And I'm learning from them because I'm learning new words. You know, it's like, they're like, oh, dad, that's so fire. I'm like, where? Uh, it's like, oh, you know, it's just, I'm learning words. I'm learning words. And so, you know, when I use them on them, uh, they like, listen, they're like, oh. So it, it is, it is, I'm learning from them more now than I ever, I guess, allowed myself to. And it's, it's an interesting season from that standpoint. Okay, so that, whether that's girls or boys, that rolls into you because your boys, I mean, one of them's getting a little older now, but they're still pretty young. Yeah. So as you're, as you're thinking about, because you're a forward-thinking guy, you're thinking about the challenges, you're thinking about, hey, all these opportunities for yeah. boys and my boys, what are you doing with them? What are you seeing? What are you doing with them? And how do you get ahead of the curve? How do fathers get ahead of this curve? Uh, just by what you said right there, it is so true. Be ahead of the curve. And, and um, as you noted, my oldest son... He's getting to that age now. He's, gonna, he's going to the fifth grade. Um, so he's not a little boy anymore, and it's time for me to start having more of those conversations. And one thing that, um, that, that we learned was these big major current events that are happening in our world, I have got to get ahead of those because he steps into his classroom and the teacher's having the conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, had a, I, on, um, I had a conversation with my son um, and it was with regards to um, COVID, and, and it, there was uh, something that had just happened, and, you know, things were escalating, and, and so I sat him down and had a conversation. Well, the very next day, he tells me, well, we had a conversation with the teacher, and, and, and I realized that I've got to be ahead of everything, and I cannot have a passive parenting posture. I, I've got to be ahead. I've got to be active because um, in this day and age that we're living in right now, even if the teacher doesn't have the conversation, social media is going to have the conversation. Right, right. And, and my son's too young for TikTok, thank God. <laughs> he's not there yet. Um, he's too young for Instagram. Um, but he likes to watch YouTube. And, 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 and even with YouTube, you know, we, we sanitize what he's able to watch, but ads pop up. Right. I can't filter all the ads. And so it's incumbent upon me to be ahead of that curve, to have the conversations early. We had a conversation about George Floyd. We had a conversation about, um, you know, my, my brothers were um, deployed because they're in the National Guard. So he's wanting to know, where are my uncles going? So it's really incumbent on, on, on me. And the opportunity is to get ahead of those conversations and really shape a narrative that I want my son. I want to frame that up. He's, he's, he's going to get to a point where he's going to, start developing his own narrative. But at this point in time, can, can I get him to see it through a certain context before it's his teacher, before it's his friends, or before it's YouTube that's shaping it for him? Let me, let me follow that. So how do you actually determine this? Because if you got 10 parents here, five of them would say they're too young, they don't need to know about all that, their time will come and there'll be an issue of the day for them to deal with when they're that old. And then the other five are like, ah, if I don't get to them, you know, social media or so their friends are going to. So how are you figuring out, what do I bring up and what do I just kind of let time eventually do for me? You know, I, I've just take, 
it, it's it's hard. I don't have I don't have the right answer for it. We'll but, move on then. <laughs> <laughs> but but for me, it's it it, it really is. Um, I don't think he's too young. So so again, I wasn't sure should I have a talk with him about George Floyd, but I'm glad I did because his teacher did the very next day. So there's nothing really that's too young. Now I'm not gonna go and show him a video, but but we're gonna have that talk. Okay, okay. So yeah, there's very few things that I feel like he's too young for because again, when they he's in a class with fifth graders already, so he's fourth, but his class is com is combined, and and by fifth grade. You know, Pastor, th that's when they're talking about health. They're talking about sex education in fifth grade. So he's at that age where he's no longer too young for almost anything. So, so maybe not avoiding exposure, but trying to control exposure to some degree, or at least have some reins around the exposure so that there's, there's something, but Absolutely. there's some... There's some uh, and I would say part of it is, as parents, each child is different. And so... When the Bible speaks about train up a child, if you're really training your child, you know where they're at. You know oh, how good, they're yeah. developing, and yeah. not all nine-year-olds are the same. You know, not all 12-year-olds are the same. And so uh, I think as parents, one of the best things we can do is just, like, spend time with them. Like, yeah. see how they are developing uh, as you're training them. You might say, okay, just because you did this with your first child at 12 doesn't mean that the second child you can do it you might need to do it at 10 yeah <laughs> you know so they're not all they're not cookie cutter and so i think that even for us i mean our girls are twins you would think and they're very different wow. they're very different wow. they were different from day one uh and to this day they're different and so we can't just say well just because she did it you're gonna do it uh it's different and so i think the challenge for us is just to say, like, we're your three boys, right? I mean, you know right now, I know your three boys. They're not the same. They're very different. <laughs> right, right. And so that's the challenge for us to, to not be lazy and cookie cutter. Yep. It, and two, to spend the time to know when the right season is for what conversation. So I think that's part of the challenge. Yeah. That's good. Being present, knowing your kids. Can't yeah. do that from afar. Yeah. Detached. Um, you talked a little bit about the quarantine right now in a conversation you had. Technically, we are still in quarantine. Even when we get out, undoubtedly at some point in our life, we'll be in a similar situation where the control is not completely ours. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that will affect our families, us as individuals. Would you, um, I guess I'll maybe go here, Pastor Sam, first. Would you be a bit vulnerable and share maybe a little bit of the challenge. You travel a lot for work um, normally. You're not now. You're at home. Would you, would you care to kind of just let some of the audience know that um, they're not alone? There, there's some struggles that you've had as well, just being at home and, and having to adjust to that. Yeah, you know, as, as you said, uh, typically uh, for work, I travel quite a bit. And uh, I've, it, it gave me a newfound appreciation for what happens at home like every day, you know, and, and just uh, the, the schedules and, and the timing of things and, and how, much, uh, how much happens every day at home that I wasn't really aware of, that I get to almost uh, opt out of because I'm not there, I'm traveling, I'm somewhere else. Uh, and so just the, the, the challenge of seeing uh, a newfound appreciation for my wife uh, who, who gets to uh, be home and, and, and kind of handle the house but boy, there's a lot that happens. There's a lot that goes on every day. And so I think just the challenge of, of being home and then, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the first few days, all of us together for a while, it's like we're not used to that that much. Yeah. And uh, as much as I don't like travel, 
uh, you used to travel back in the day a lot. Yeah. There's something about the quietness of a hotel room. <laughs> you know, uh, you can you know you can just work on your sermon. There's nothing else to do. You can just you have your space and you make it work. And when you're home, like I didn't have that space. Like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you take, help me with that? I'm like, this is like my alone hotel time. You know, <laughs> and so it's just kind of getting in the groove of I'm in this home and I and I need to help out and do some things I'm not used to. So. Uh, I think the challenges were uh, just to get used to it, but on the flip side, you realize, you know, how how blessed I felt. Like I like my wife, I like my kids, you know. And once you kind of got past the the awkwardness of we're not used to doing this every day for weeks on end, uh, it, it's been it's there's been some good in it as well. One of my friends was telling me, he's like, you know, I had to come home for a few days and just be at home. He, he still has a job and all this. He's essential. But, and um, he's like, man, I got to be honest with you. I'm going crazy. I can't take it. These kids are driving me nuts. I'm not going to say your name. Don't worry. Um, and, and he said, I, I had to get back to work for my own sanity. And I imagined in that moment the struggle mentally because the struggle to get back to work and maintain your sanity was real. But I can't imagine as a father, he wasn't also like, what's wrong with me? that I want to be away from my family, that I, you know, that I want to get away and go back to normal, which is a way. I can't imagine that, that he didn't. So if you would, can you give fathers maybe in that situation a little bit of advice? And then whatever you say, if it's good enough, I'm going to go tell him and look really <laughs> smart, which he knows I'm not. So I'll still have to sell it. But can you give some advice to fathers who are probably still in there, maybe in it for the next few weeks? I would tell you, like, engage, like, like grab it. This is a season that's going to pass. Look, there's some things about this crazy yeah. season we're going to miss. Yeah. You're going to miss the traffic <laughs> you're gonna, or no traffic. You're, you're going to miss some of the things, right? And part of, what, you know, part, of, part of what you'll miss out on is I've been, I've been working in my field 26 years. This is the longest I've ever gone without travel. Mm. I mean, by far. This broke the record six weeks ago. Uh, and yet being home... I'm, I, I stopped, I know how that feels, because I felt like, as I said, the first few weeks, I was like, just kind of like, it, I was out of my comfort zone, and, and I was out of my routine, and I was mad about it, but then I realized, you know what, this is, this is not going to, hopefully, this won't happen again, <laughs> uh, and secondly, you know, we might remember the struggles of COVID. Our kids might say, these, these are some of the best memories they'll have growing up. You know, and, and so I would say for however long we have left of this, there's still time to salvage some of that mm. and, to, and to find the good in it, find the, find the sweetness in it, find the positive in it. Because if you're not careful, you'll always find something bad to complain about in any season of life. And this season, for all its craziness and inconveniences and change, there is some good in it. So I would say, dads, find it. Hurry up and find it because it is there. Come on, what's the struggle? What has the struggle been? What is the thing that you didn't want to admit and now Salah is trying to yank it out of you that, you know, people would just be surprised? Yeah, I mean, for those that know me, um, they know that I, I like to um, have my rhythms, you know? I know what I'm doing on Monday, I know what I'm doing on Tuesday, and, and, and rhythms went out the window when all of this happened, and, and I had to adjust. Beyond that, my wife had to adjust as well. And um, something that is real is, is the guilt that a lot of parents were feeling um, 
through the quarantine. And, and my wife would tell me how she'd have a hard time falling asleep at night because she felt like I didn't do this. I didn't get this done. Or I said this. I responded to Jude this way. I, I didn't do the Bible reading. I didn't. And it, and it just felt like um, we were killing ourselves thinking that we had some standard we had to live up to, some quarantine standard of parenting and that we were missing the mark. And um, that was a difficult place for us to be. And, you know, my wife would complain about having tension on the back of their neck. I was like, well, that's stress-related. And, and, and so all of that was very real. And not that we figured it out, but we made a decision a few weeks into it to give ourselves a whole lot of grace because we've never lived through anything like this. We've not. And so... Um, I, I, I put something out there on social media when it finally hit me. It was like, you know, it would be a shame if you go through this quarantine and you crushed your emails and you crushed your work assignments and you crushed all of that and you missed out on the opportunity to really bond with your kids and you missed out on the opportunity to strengthen that relationship. So when we cross that bridge, we just determined to, to make the most of this moment. We're still doing our best. We don't got it dialed in. But um, we're learning so much about our boys, and, and that has been the great opportunity. I've learned that my son, Jaden, he was, he was built for quarantine. He loves this. <laughs> he loves this. He's a task-oriented person. The teacher would say, this is the homework you got to get done on Monday. He was so focused on getting it done that he would set a timer and see if he could beat yesterday's time. And then the teacher started rewarding the first person to get all of their daily class assignments done. Th that's just like putting, you know, whipped cream on the whipped cream, you know, so Jaden went for it. So, you know, I, I learned that Jaden could probably go self-paced, self-studied, and, and, and he would do just fine. But then I realized Jude needs a traditional school model and he should not be homeschooled under any circumstances. So there was some opportunities there to really learn about our boys. And we're doing that. We're really learning about the way that God wired them and, and, and appreciating that and, and then taking the responsibility to develop what God has given us through them. There's a group of um, women who are single moms. I'm kind of making a hard turn here for a second, but I think it's really important. There's a group of women who are single moms who um, maybe even during the quarantine feel busier than ever, right? They haven't had to uh, work out a new rhythm with their partner. They've had to figure life out all over again, and they may have felt like they really didn't even have it going before quarantine. Um, and so just I, I think it's important um, to address single moms on a Father's Day. And I grew up as a, 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 in a single mom household. My father wasn't around. And so if I may, just from a personal um, level, just kind of release something. I've, I heard for years people would say that my mom had to play my mom and my dad. And my mom would say, I'm trying to be also your dad. And I think here today, uh, I just want to say to single moms that that is not, that doesn't need to happen. Um, there are things, there are a lot of things a father does that moms can also do. But there are some things that fathers do that moms cannot do. You just can't. Uh, that's just not the way God designed it. And so uh, I don't think it's important for single moms to try and also be dad. I think it's important for single moms to be leaders. And I think you can still lead your family. Um, but I don't know that they need to also play dad. Um, as pastors, as spiritual leaders, can you also maybe just give some life to single moms? First of all, wow, my, my respects to... to uh Every single mom, especially during times like these, uh, the amount of weight and pressure that 
this puts on you is, is, uh, is tough, and I just have a tremendous amount of respect normally, but even more so now because of everything that comes with the season that we're in. But I think uh, what you said is true, Salah. I, I think that it is important that we find and we surround our kids uh, with good father figures or role models. And in other words, don't, don't feel like you have to carry this weight all by yourself. Uh, that's, that's pressure that, that you don't need to put on yourself. And I'm sure there's plenty of good people, family members, folks around that you trust and know that would be more than willing to, to be a blessing uh, to you and to your children. And so, don't, yes, the responsibility is yours. You're the parent. You're the one that's there. And we applaud you for all that you do. But don't, don't feel like it's all up to you. There are people that, you know, there's pastors, there's, there's people at church. I'm sure there's family. Uh, there's folks that would be more than willing to, to come alongside and not try to take the role that's not ours, but try to just help with the load because you're not alone in this. And, and uh, we would not want you to feel an undue burden on this because it is, I mean, <laughs> I can only imagine single moms hearing parents complain about how tough this is with homework and everything and they're doing it by themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a ton, ton of respect and, and just a lot of kudos to all of you for what you do. But again, don't put too much weight, especially if there's people in your life, people that you know and trust and love that are willing to, to lend a hand and, and be a blessing. Pastor Josh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, not much more that I can add to that, and I absolutely echo your comments and, and how important it is for a mom not to feel like she has to also be dad. I think you got to put some male role models, um, especially around the boys, all girls as well, yeah. but especially around the boys. Um, and, and so look for them. If you're, if you're saying, well, well, I don't know where to go. Well, first and foremost, pray about it. Pray that God would put godly men into the lives of your children. It could be it could be an, an uncle. It could be a grandfather. It may not be any of those. It may be a brother from the church who maybe didn't have any boys or, or, or maybe just has time. The kids are grown. And so pray that God would send the right godly men into your life that can come alongside and, and, and do some fathering to your children, get connected to it, get, get in a connect group, get connected to your church. And, and I believe God will do it. I, I think if you just ask him, He'll send the help, and he'll make it clear. The Bible says that justice is the foundation of God's throne. Right. And a great number of times when the Bible is teaching about justice, particularly in the Old Testament, the reference to fathering the fatherless yeah. comes up over and over again, being somebody to an orphan. So kingdom-minded citizens, um, if you have an opportunity to be a father to the fatherless, that is not only a, an opportunity, but it's 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 something God really requires of you. Um, and so it's something to remember that there is a great number. There's unfortunately a great need in our world today. Um, but God has raised up men to fill that need, I believe. Uh, I want to ask you both one more question. Uh, and so the context, I guess, to create a little context around it. Um, every every father out there who's fathering is not only a physical father, but they are a spiritual leader of their home. And you two serve in the unique role of being fathers, but also spiritual leaders to many. And so when you think about being uh, both a spiritual leader in your own home, a spiritual leader to me, a father in your home, uh, and then you start to look at the world and kind of where we're at and things that are happening and, and you're having conversations with your church leaders and your colleagues, you're having you know conversations with your family. Every generation says, this is a crazy time, the world is, but 
and I say this in all seriousness, I would not be surprised if America ended up in another civil war. When you look at the types of issues that are happening, the convergence of the various issues that are happening, the politicizing of nearly everything, it would not be crazy to me. So as spiritual leaders who are aware of this, as fathers, uh, not only what are you seeing, but what do those conversations look like? What's important for fathers and spiritual leaders of their home to be thinking about, conversating? Where should they be asking the questions of their family versus telling them what we need to be thinking? Can you kind of maybe just talk a little bit about that as we send them out equipped and ready to go? Yeah, I think that the great, great question and an interesting time uh, for that. And I think particularly as people of faith, I feel we have a greater responsibility and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that right now uh, want to say something, post something, just to kind of check a box. Uh, but I think this is a time not to check box, but to check your heart. That, that's where the check needs to be. Like, what do I really believe? And uh, do I have any unconscious biases in my life? You know, uh, is there anything I need to, because it's so easy to point fingers. Uh, the other thing is, it's so easy to have an opinion. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of opinions, some good, some crazy, and some way off. And, and to me, this is not the time for opinions. Like, I don't care what your opinion is. I want to know what principles you're living by. So this is, to me, more about principles than, than it is just opinions. And uh, I think as, as people of faith, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to get caught in picking sides. It's easy to get caught in trying to assign blame or... But I think to me, more so than that, it, it, it comes down to basic good versus evil. It's basic light versus darkness. And uh, the conversations I'm having at home and, and with my daughters, it's not as much about the details of anything as much as the principle of everything and say, look, there's evil in this world. And uh, I would love to say, and I know there's a lot of sort of utopian, idealistic folks saying, oh, we got to eradicate evil. Not on this side of heaven, we're not. It is part of this world. It is part of the nature of this world. What we can do is check for evil in our own hearts. And then one, per one person at a time, one conversation at a time, spreading some light. And uh, coming back to what I said earlier, that's why truth matters. That's why principles matter. That's why the word of God becomes critical. Because otherwise, your opinion is going to shift 20 times by, by, by what's going on around you. So I think the opportunities to bring back to the Word of God, back to these godly principles, back to just being good. I mean, tell me anything in the Bible you can honestly use to, to, to be racist. Tell me anything. I mean, what principle from the Word of God could you use to, to, to be mean to somebody? You, you can't justify it, not, not in a good conscience. And so let's go back to these principles. And I think there we find answers and there we find hope. For, for a better tomorrow and, and for our nation that greatly needs a revival, a return. Yeah, and um, one of the things that I shared with some of our team, and, and, and you were in the, the room, Salah, was it, it's, it's this expectation that has been placed on pastors and, and to a degree fathers as well that we have to know so much about areas that we know nothing about. And so they'll come to the pastors and ask them questions about the virus. Well, I'm not a scientist. I, I, I don't have um, a ton of, of answers to give you. And then they'll ask you about what's happening with um, some of these uh, justice issues and, and what, where do we stand legally. And it's like, well, you know, I didn't study criminal justice, so I, I don't know the answer to that. And so many times my wife and I have been asked so many questions where I don't have the answer. Um, 
I, I really wanted to be a pastor, and, and that's all I wanted to do, you know? And so all of these other things, I, I didn't, didn't study to be a scientist. I don't know about that. I, I don't know about criminal justice. And so, but there's this expectation that pastor, but you got to know it all. And, and, and then the CDC gives all these pastors these guidelines of how you're supposed to have church. And so you have to be able to interpret CDC guidelines. So it has been a lot of pressure, and, and, and we're supposed to know it all and, and, and fathers too fathers <laughs> exactly. are being yeah. looked at yeah absolutely and, and and so it's been it's been very challenging and and i'm not here looking um looking for any sort of sympathy that's just the reality of the situation but I, but i've learned this though through it all um and, and it's like any good leader you don't necessarily have to know the way but you have to be clear you don't have to know the way but you have to be clear because sometimes you don't know the way and 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 all good leaders will admit you don't always know <laughs> everything. And there's reasons they'll say you don't know what you don't know, right? And so as leaders, we're not always going to have the answer. So we may not always know the way, but we do have to be clear. And so one thing that I keep coming back to, as Pastor Sam just mentioned a minute ago, is listen, this is what I am clear about. We are called to live like and to love like Jesus. I'm very clear on that. Um, I, I'm clear about what I, I. I'm clear about what Jesus was passionate about, and I want to be passionate about those things and those areas where Jesus was silent. I'm going to be silent on those issues too. I'm not going to try to speak in a situation that not even Jesus spoke into. So I think fathers as well. Um, you may not have the answers, and do not feel fathers that are watching that you have to have all the answers, but you do have to be clear. You have to be clear with your wife. You have to be clear with your children on where you stand as a family. So even when you don't know the way, you can still be very clear. Thank you both so much. I know this was beneficial and I um, appreciate you very much. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. I appreciate uh, everything that you're doing in your own homes and your own families to be a blessing. Fathers, we love you. We appreciate you. We are here with you. And uh, as Pastor Josh said and Salav uh, made us realize, again, thank you. We don't know it all. Uh, we're doing our best. And, and I just want to say, Dad, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. And uh, all of us can do better. All of us can improve. All of us can uh, try to elevate our fatherhood and be a blessing. And uh, I, I would just say, you know, my dad was a pastor growing up. And I remember one time being sick as a little boy. And I had a fever and I had a headache. And I saw my dad come through the door of my, of my bedroom with a little, little bottle of oil. And I knew that fever was gone. I just knew that my dad walking into my room with a little bit of oil, I was done. I was healed before he prayed for me. That's how much I respected him. And that's been my prayer that in my own life, in our own life, our kids would not just see us as, I mean, what difference does it make for a lot of people to call me Pastor Sam if my own kids don't respect me as a man of God? And so it's it's living it in our own lives, in our own homes, and I pray that all of us can do that. And uh, Pastor Joshua, I want you to just pray us out and just any, anything that's in your heart to share with dads as we finish our time together. Yeah, dads, we love you. We're in your corner, and uh, we believe in you. And uh, so we just encourage you to keep on being intentional, being purposeful. Um, Use this time that God has given you to really deposit everything you can into your children and into your wife. So uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for these moments that we've gathered. We thank you, Father, for these moments that we have shared. And right now we're praying for every father that is watching, whether they're watching by phone or television in their living room. We just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would lift them up. On this Father's Day, we bless them. 
on this Father's Day, we just pray that you would give them supernatural wisdom as they lead this home, their homes through everything that we are going through right now. To our single mothers that are watching right now, Father, we lift them up and we pray strength over their life as they are having to carry a larger load than any mom should have to carry all by herself. Father, we just pray a blessing over your church, Lighthouse Church. We pray a blessing over our city, Lord God, and we pray, Father, that you would continue to guide your church and, and navigate us, Father, through these rough waters that we are going through right now. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.